Amen. You can grab a seat. Thanks for singing. It's fun to sing those songs together. Before we jump into the, the content, uh, wrapping up our series this morning, I want to talk about uh, kind of what is to come. We're nearing the end of a year. A lot of times when we enter into a new year, we have new goals and, and different initiatives and things like that. So I want to kind of give you a glimpse for the next couple of weeks and month or so as we wrap up one year and, and jump into another. The first one is actually what's happening a week from this morning. Next Sunday, we're going to be doing baptisms. Um, and this is really exciting for any church, um, an exciting time. And if you're not familiar with baptism, um, it really is, it's a moment where someone who has chosen and decided that they are going to follow Christ, they do, um, we, we do, the church does what we would call baptism. Now, we read about baptism in the scriptures. Jesus himself was baptized. And baptized is a, being baptized is a moment where you say to your church family, where you publicly declare, I'm making a decision to follow Christ. I'm making a decision to follow Jesus. And so we celebrate as a church. This is probably one of the, um, one of the moments where the church should get most excited. And so we're going to be doing that next week because it is a huge, momentous occasion for the individual um, and for the church as well to remember their baptism as well. So uh, I say a few things. If you would like to be baptized next week, we're going to talk a little bit more about that at the end of, of our message here, but if you would like to be baptized next week, please let us know. Uh, find me after service. You can let uh, one of our other pastors know as well, because we would love to celebrate with you next week. Um, so if you can, be there. Uh, join us at 10 a.m., normal place and time, and get ready to party, because it's a really exciting thing to do. I want to let you know about the sermon series that we're going to be launching the new year with. So a lot of times when we enter into a new year, we make, have you heard these things called resolutions before? New Year's resolutions or, or we set goals as we approach a new year, a fresh start and things like that. This is what I have found to be true, is that a lot of times we set our resolutions based on mistakes that we've made. Let, let me explain that. I, and this is one I set every single year. I'd like to lose weight because I ate too much, right? So we set a goal in light of kind of a habit we're probably not super proud of or something that we want to change. And in that decision, nothing wrong with setting goals, but in that decision, what we find is that oftentimes we actually are running or trying to bury the past rather than use it. So we're going to be starting off the year in this time of goal setting and resolutions and things like that. We're going to have a sermon series called I've Done That because there's power in understanding where you have come from in order to address where you are going. So for four weeks, we're going to be saying, don't run from your past, use it. So I would encourage you uh, to join us the first weekend, uh, the first Sunday morning of next year. This is also another kind of a side note of why I'm really excited about this series is because you're going to be hearing from all four of your pastors here at Reachway Church. You're going to be hearing from myself, Pastor Ty, Pastor Cassie, and Pastor Michael. And they're going to be preaching their first sermons here, which is really exciting. 
I know they are all extremely excited to do that, <laughs> especially Pastor Michael. Um, so keep that in mind as we enter into a new year. We are going to be perhaps uncovering some things that we don't want to uncover, but I think that 2019 can really, really count if we don't ignore where we came from, but use where we came from and acknowledge that God can redeem all these things. So that's how we're going to be starting off uh, January. And I also want to let you know about a a 30-minute event that we're calling All About Reachway. If you have been attending Reachway since our launch Sunday, which was in September, if you're new to this church, All About Reachway is an awesome thing for you to be a part of. We're going to spend about a half hour on, um, a, on a Sunday morning right after the morning gathering, and we're just going to talk about Reachway. We're going to tell you all about Reachway. And so if you'd be interested in learning more about Reachway Church, kind of our values and what we feel like our mission is here in the city of Peoria and as a church, I would encourage you to save this date and time. It's the second Sunday of January, and we're having it right after the morning gathering. So you don't have to come here at a different time or a different day throughout the week. So be sure and save this date and time if that would be something that you would be interested in. And if you would like more information about that or reminders about that, uh, please just let us know. We can send you emails and things like that. So I would really encourage you, if that's something that you could benefit from, to, uh, to save that date and time. But enough about that. I want to kind of wrap up our Christmas series We have been celebrating Christmas all December long, and we have been calling our series Heaven on Earth because in the season of Advent, Advent meaning waiting or arrival or the coming of Christ, we have been talking about the deep significance of the birth of Jesus Christ, and we have been pointing to a passage of scripture this entire series, and the verse is from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 14, it says this. God became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Now, what's being said in that verse of scripture is that God made a decision, chose to dwell here on earth, take on our human form in the person of Jesus Christ to be with us and to live with us. And at the end of this talk, we're going to be talking about some more significant implications of that and what that actually means. But for the last four weeks, we've been saying that heaven has come to earth, and that's a big old deal. So we have been talking about that during this Advent season. Another thing that we've been doing during this series is we have been attaching a theme to each one of of our morning gatherings. And every single week, if you've been here, we've we've lit a different candle representing that theme. Now, if you haven't been here for, for any of the weeks or one of the weeks of this series, you can listen to all of the, our messages online if you feel like you want to get a bigger picture of what this series was for Reachway, then you can listen to those online on our website. But in the first week, you might recall the first week of December, the theme that we discussed was this theme of hope. And if you were here, we looked at a passage in the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah is a prophet, and we read about his ministry in the Old Testament. And we talked about this idea of hope. And we looked at different passages in the book of Jeremiah, and we read about 
a period of time 600 years before the birth of Christ where the people of God are kind of dislocated from where they used to live. They're actually in exile, which means that they're living in a country they didn't grow up in, and they're being held captive from the natives of that land. They're under this Babylonian captivity. They're in Babylon. And they recognize that back home, their streets of their hometown are deserted. There are no more people that are singing praises in the temples. There aren't even animals that are walking around chewing up the dead grass. It's that desolate. It's that neglected. And in this period of time, we read about a people who long for being saved from that. And we see this phrase come up in this passage where God says, the days are coming. And if you were there when we talked about hope, so we light the candle of hope. What we talked about is that God has a vision of hope that goes way beyond the vision that we have. Because what we found is that the vision that we tend to have is formed and constructed by what we see around us. If I see boarded up homes around me, if I see unmanicured lawns around me, if I see potholes if I see random uh, bicycles in front yards that aren't being taken care of, it can be very, very easy for us to say that this is a hopeless situation. But what God does, he does this for the people of God, he does this for us today, is he says, no, no, no. The days are coming where I, God, am going to fill these streets once again with people who are excited to be here. I'm going to fill these streets once again with songs of joy and praise. So we talked about that God's vision for us and the vision we should have for ourselves as well is this vision of hope. The second week, we talked about this idea of preparation. If you were here, we looked at a character in the scripture. You may have heard of him before. His name's John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist is someone who was commissioned by God to go before Jesus and prepare people for the coming of Christ. Now, this is why John the Baptist's ministry is so important. John the Baptist knows two things, is that Jesus is a king unlike any other, and the kingdom that he's going to inaugurate is a kingdom unlike any other. And so John the Baptist goes out into the wilderness, the countryside, where people who have been pushed out from the city center are, because that's the place where the good news is going to be most easily received, is people who could really, really, really use some good news. And so John the Baptist is preparing people for Jesus' coming. And we looked at this phrase, is that a new king is coming, and he wants to see everyone. Jesus comes into our lives and and he says to us, I want to walk with the poorest to the richest, the person who lives on that side of the tracks and that side of the tracks, the person who is in this present circumstance and that present circumstance. This is a kingdom that is unlike any other where every single person, regardless of their walk in life, regardless of where they find themselves in any given moment, 
is welcomed by the king. And so John the Baptist reminds us that the best way to prepare is to prepare yourself to follow. Prepare yourself to follow Christ in the different ways, in the different places that he would bring us. The third week, last week, our theme was salvation. We talked about the most significant implication or result of God coming to earth and dwelling with us. And that implication is that Jesus has become our true salvation. If you were here last week, we talked about how the concept of salvation is not exclusive to Christianity. Everyone from all walks of life find themselves needing to be saved, needing to be delivered, needing to be redeemed, needing to be restored, and this is what salvation is all about. The difference between salvation that we get from the world and salvation that we receive from Christ are several things. And if you were here, we talked about three different shifts that we need to make when we talk about salvation as it comes to itself from the world and salvation when we receive it from Christ. And those shifts are a shift in thinking about it, receiving it, and sharing it. We talked about how we need to have a a shift in thinking from going from a place where we need to earn salvation to just trusting that God does indeed extend it to us. When we talk about receiving it, we talk about how we don't have to approach God with shame, but that his salvation is actually a deep well that we can draw from with joy. And we talked about how there's a shift in sharing, that we don't share about salvation just to a certain group of people, but we learned that this is good news for everyone. And today, our theme is remember. And we're going to talk about what it means to remember during the Advent season today. The passage that was read earlier comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1. Didn't Judah do an awesome job reading that earlier? Yeah. Thanks, Judah. <laughs> Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 46. If you'd like to follow along and you don't have your own Bible, one of the uh, chairs in front of you should have a Bible laying under there. We're going to be on page 1,591 if you're going to be in one of those Bibles. 1,591. Now, in your Bibles, it probably labels this passage as Mary's song or the song of Mary. Uh, this passage of scripture is also referred to as the Magnificent. You may or may not be familiar with that word at all, but the Magnificent is what the church globally calls this passage of scripture. It indeed is Mary's song. And if you were to look in the entire Bible, if you were to look throughout all of the scriptures, there are probably very few more profound passages of Scripture, especially when we consider the person that is saying these words. Now, if you've heard the Christmas story in a church, in any stretch, you've heard of Mary. Uh, you've heard of the Virgin Mary, perhaps. The, the mother of Jesus. We know a lot about Mary, and this is just a reminder for some, and this is perhaps an introduction to Mary 
for those who aren't quite familiar with her storyline, it's actually a really profound story, and it doesn't end with the birth of Christ, because here's the deal. Of course, Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, Mary and Joseph, right? She was pledged to be married to him, and at some point in that season of engagement, Mary was approached by an angel, and a lot of you know what that angel says. That angel says that you're going to be Jesus's mama. (laughs) Approaches her and says, you are going to give birth to a son. It is indeed the son of God. He will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And after she hears that news from the angel, she goes and um, she informs friends and and relatives, and there's babies leaping for joy and wombs, and it's a really fun scene. But the story doesn't end there at the birth. Did you know that Jesus's mom, and it would be a mom, was the one who walked up to Jesus and said, hey, all of the wine is out at this wedding. (laughs) If you're familiar with the story of Jesus turning uh, water into wine for a wedding, it was, you could imagine, a mom, right? Uh, Jesus, all the wine's out, do something. (laughs) That's what my mom would do if I was in charge of a wedding. Um, And we find Mary in that scene as well. Mary was at the foot of the cross when Jesus was hanging on it, people. The, The story doesn't end with a teenage Mary giving birth to Jesus. She was at the cross. The story doesn't end there. Did you know that Mary was one of the central female figures in the earliest community of Christ followers. We read about Mary in the book of Acts. We read about Mary being one of the first people to hear about her son raising from death. Mary is a central figure, a central figure. And rightfully so, rightfully so, she has been celebrated by the global church for generations upon generations upon generations. And we celebrate her this morning as well. Because I will say this, this woman that a lot of times we look to as a teenage girl who's kind of caught up in this plan that wasn't hers, I think Mary shows probably one of the greatest examples of faith in all of Scripture. In all of Scripture. So we look to her song today. Mary sings a song of praise when she finds out that she's going to give birth to Christ. Imagine what your reaction would be. (laughs) First of all, if you were approached by an angel, just flat out, approached by an angel saying anything is kind of crazy. But imagine if you were the one who was told, fellas, try and imagine with me, (laughs) that you were going to be the one to give birth to the Son of God. Of God. We know a lot about Mary. We just talked about some of the bullet points of her life, but we learn something else in Mary's song is that she knows exactly what is going on. When Mary hears from the angel that she is going to give birth to a son, the son of God, she knows exactly what is taking place. She understood the implications. I want us to look at the lyrics, if you would, of Mary's song. Look at this list. Consider what Mary says in her immediate instinct gut reaction 
of hearing that she is going to give birth to Christ. Listen to how she celebrates. The mighty one has done great things. His mercy extends. He has performed mighty deeds. He has filled the hungry. He has helped Israel. This is very much a light bulb moment from Mary. You you could imagine that. Now, Mary is no naive teenage girl by any stretch of the imagination. This is also what we learned from Mary in hearing her song, is that she was extremely familiar with the words of Jeremiah. She was extremely familiar with the words of the prophet Isaiah, words that were spoken five, six, seven hundred years before she's approached by the angel. She was not taken off guard. She was ready. And this is how she celebrates. Now, I want to summarize Mary's song we find in Luke chapter 1. I want to summarize her song in three words. He did it. He did it. In the coming of Christ, a moral revolution began where pride is no longer currency and all are called to humility before God. He did it. In the coming of Christ, a social revolution began where labels and prestige are eliminated and the playing field is leveled out. He did it. In the coming of Christ, salvation has been revealed in its truest form. He chose to dwell with us, and by doing so, extends to us salvation, forgiveness, restoration, new purpose in life, life made new here on earth. He did it. In the coming of Christ, the light of the world has come revealing to us the love of God, inviting us into life with him and each other, looking to him to direct our paths. And this light has never and will never be put out. He did it. Can you say that with me? He did it. The thing that we read about in the Old Testament that was going to happen at some point, it actually happened. He did it. The thing that the people of God longed for for generations and generations and generations and generations. The prayers that people thought went unanswered were answered. He did it. Now for us, once again, our theme of the morning is remembering. And I don't have much else to say this morning. I knew the kids were with us. We need to get out of here early. (laughs) But church, there's nothing much more that needs to be said. For four weeks, we have talked about what the birth of Christ means. For four weeks, we have talked about every single bullet point that you could imagine when we say, 
remember the reason for the season. I got to tell you, it's not enough to say remember the reason for the season if you don't remember it. That's why we've talked for four weeks about what this even means in the first place. And it means so much more than a single birth. It means so much more than that. In fact, we talked for about two and a half weeks on everything that happened up until the birth. Then we could get to the birth. So today, we're going to respond like we do every single week. We're going to respond in a unique way. Um, Hopefully, you received a candle. And parents, your kids are allowed to have candles if you want them to. You're in charge of your kids. Right, parents? Thank you. (laughs) We're going to respond in a in what I hope to be a a powerful way this morning. You know, we talk about the birth of Christ being the light of the world coming and shining and never going out. So our moment of response this morning is going to be holding light. And I hope that in this moment of response that you do a couple of things. I would really, really encourage you to do this. Is remember... Remember what he has done. I wonder in the three or four, five minutes that we're going to spend singing a song that we probably all know, I wonder how many things you can think of and you can then say, he actually did it. (laughs) I'm wondering if you can think over the entire course of your life. Think about the prayers that you've prayed. Think about the moments where you were convinced that there wasn't a way out. How many times can you think back and say, he did it? Because it is very, very easy for us to get caught up in the world that we are living right now. Getting caught up in the world that we're living in right now makes it pretty difficult to think about a hopeful future. And it makes it even more difficult to address our past. So I would say this. Reframe the narrative of your past. Point out all of the marks on your journey where he did it. I think that's the best way to remember this time of year. So I would invite our worship team to come back up. What I'm going to do is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to light my candle. And then I'm going to, after we pray, going to walk and hand off this flame to a few others. Um, if you get a flame, give a flame, right? Uh, turn around, walk across the aisle, do what you need to do to make sure all of our, our candles are lit. And then we're going to sing a, what really is a beautiful song. So in these moments where we acknowledge the light of the world who has come into our lives, I hope that you would use this time to remember the significance of this story. Really, really, really remember what this is all about. So would you stand with me? Get your candles ready. Allow me to pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for being the light of the world. Thank you for 
dwelling with us, choosing to be with us. Lord, I ask that in these beautiful, peaceful moments that you would allow us to remember all of the mighty things that you have done. In Jesus' name, amen.